ask you to turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Judges 13, the importance of uh, making sure that, that the good works that God has done, the great works that God has done, that you give those, uh, the report of those good works to your children. And in the book of Judges that we're going to look at today, the history of that book is that the children of Israel did pretty well when uh, they went into the promised land, the land of milk and honey. And uh, they were doing what they, they were supposed to do when Moses was alive. I mean, when Joshua was alive, and they were, you know, pretty good for a while after that. But then when all the people who had seen the great works of God were gone, they started not doing what they should do. And, of course, that took them into a place of bondage and brought them into situations that they really didn't want to be in. So I really believe it's important in the hour we're living in that we use that great faith and and give it on down line. Everybody say down line. Because these generations that are coming... Uh, for those of you that are older, they're going to take care of us. And how many of you would like somebody to know what they're doing? That should be incentive enough. Amen. Okay, let's look at Judges chapter 13. Um, again, the children of Israel, they're in trouble. And um, they haven't driven out their enemies. They, they went into the promised land. One of the main problems they had was they captured the territory that God had given them, but they didn't drive out the enemies. That's what it says. The Canaanites in chapter 1 that were living in their land, and they, it says they, they had enough strength to put them into forced labor, but they didn't annihilate them. They did not get them totally defeated. And that's very important for the message today. You know, our enemy, we have an enemy it says our adversary, the enemy, the devil, roams about as a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. How many of you have been a bite of lunch for him every now and then? You've had him take a bite of you. Well, he's out there, and if we don't take care of him in our life, then he is going to resurrect at just the wrong moment in our life. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, and I'm going to give you Samson as the example, because the children of Israel, when they allowed their enemies to live in their land, even though they were forced labor, they had influence. And they influenced them to wrong things. And they intermarried. In other words, they, the, the people of the Canaanites married into the Israelites. And then they began to worship their gods. And then they got in trouble. And then God did not protect them any longer. And their enemies overtook them. And that's where this story begins in Judges chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. And in that time, it says, The angel of the Lord, in verse 3, appeared to a woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. And he goes on and talks to her about the things that she will be able to do while she's carrying this child. And then it says, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. You know, this is, you know, much like when Mary was told she would carry the Son of God, and he would be the deliverer of the people. And so this is a very important assignment for this woman. Well, she runs home and tells her husband, this man talked to me and told me that I'm going to have a baby. And he said, what man? I'm paraphrasing now. What man told you that? She said, well, I don't know his name. He was just there, and he told me. And he said, well, if that man comes back and tells you that again, tell him I want to talk to him. How many of you could believe, you know, if there's something, I want to know what's the story here. Hallelujah. And so she went again, and that the, the angel of the Lord, which she did not know at the time, showed up again and began to talk to her. And Manoah had said and prayed to the Lord, Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us. Everybody say, teach us about what we shall do for the child who will be born. So, you know, Manoah 
was willing to accept the responsibility, but he wanted God to, to bring the man back to tell him and to teach them. So this man comes, the woman again sees him, talks with him, and she says, wait right here, i got to go get my husband. She goes and gets her husband, brings him back. And, and then it says, Manoah rose and followed his wife. And when he came to the man, he said to him, are you the man who spoke this to, spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. In other words, he's willing to receive this child. But he says, what will be the boy's rule of life and his work? You know, God wants parents to know what to do with their kids. How, how many of you have ever thought, I, I don't know what to do with this one? This one is really different than the rest. You know, it's important that you understand everything God does is for living life. You know, we do mentoring on Monday night to live life. The, the whole thing is called living life. God is into living life, and he'll give us a way to live our life. And parenting is probably one of the greatest responsibilities we have in the earth because kids never go away. Everybody say that. Kids never go away. You know, they grow up, they come back, they go in and out, and then they bring more with them. But that's the word of God. That's the word of God. It says that they'll grow up and they'll be fruitful and they'll multiply. Well, here come a whole bunch more people, you know. And so this man, when he says, I want to know how to teach this child, because obviously it's special because my wife has never had any children. Suddenly we're going to have a baby and I want to know what this is all about. He gets so excited about it. And after the man tells him that his wife cannot drink, she cannot do anything that would harm this baby or put this baby in a place where it wasn't holy to God, even in the womb, that, that he, he explains that. They both accept it, and then they say, well, let us fix you some dinner. And he said, no, if you're going to do anything, offer a sacrifice to the Lord. And at that point, the Manoah says to him, and it's in verse 17, the, then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? Well, you know, God isn't really into honoring man. He will exalt man to bring honor to God and bring honor to himself. But he said, what can we do? And he said, why do you ask my name seeing it is wonderful? Well, that didn't make any sense. So Manoah took the young goat with a grain offering, offered it up on the rock to the Lord, and God did a wondrous thing. Everybody say wondrous thing. Wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. And it happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Everybody say, that's a wondrous thing. I mean, this person they've been talking to was gone up in the flame of that altar. And then it says, when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. They began to worship God. Manoah even said, well, we must be going to die because we've seen God. Because anybody who saw God in that day did not live. I mean, God was not seen by them. If you study the scriptures, all in the old covenant, the only person who was even allowed in his presence was the priest. And so this was, a, this was a wondrous thing that happened right here, all because God was raising up a leader. Everybody say raising up a leader. And that was Samson. Now, a few weeks ago, just to give you some background, how, you know, Pastor John said last week, he's calling your name. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's calling your name. God wants to work through the people that are in the earth. And uh, when Pastor John was preaching two or three Sundays ago, was on the reclamation message 
he spoke this scripture in Joel 2.25, and I want you to look at it just for a minute. And it's, it's about when things have been stolen from us. And it says, so I will restore to you the years that the swarm, swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. And then the next verse says that we're going to prosper. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has dealt wondrously. Everybody say wondrously wondrously with you. Well, you know, I was just sitting there and God called my name. I mean, it was like that word wondrously was huge and it was just part of the scripture. I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but in my notes and I could show you my notes today, I flipped over and I started going through my Bible and I found this story about Manoah. I also found Psalm 107, eight, which we sang earlier today. And it says, Oh, that men would praise his name. And then it goes on. Can you put that one up for me, Selma? Psalm 107, 8. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his, his what? Wonderful works to the children of men. And, uh, you know, I believe God will do a wondrous work for Rachel. Why? Because she belongs to God. I know he's going to do a wondrous work because he does wondrous works for men. How many of you want to claim that? You want to take that right now? Uh, Okay, that's me. And then it says in my Bible, it says to perform a miracle, marvel, wonder, or supernatural deed that is something beyond the human ability to grasp, do, or achieve. And then it says down below that, the psalmist prays that God will reveal to him wondrous things from the law of the Lord, matters beyond normal human perception requiring supernatural insight to see them. How many of you want to live on that page? Well, now, this is honestly, this happened yesterday. God is so good because this is an amazing story. I mean, I don't even know that I could say God did it just for this message, but I think he wants you to hear it. A lady who works here, her name's Megan. She's a a professor, uh, well, not a professor, but she teaches at Ivy Tech. Had a friend. She was in school in Kentucky. Long story short, this woman couldn't have children. She had adopted two little girls. She just saw them a few weeks ago, and uh, they were friends in school. She gets a call yesterday that that... And the husband said, are you sitting down? She said, no, I'm standing up in Target. He said, well, find somewhere to sit down. She said, you're scaring me. I, I don't, just tell me what it is. And he said, well, you would have rather been sitting down, but we're having a baby any minute. Well, she wasn't, they didn't even know she was pregnant. They had told her she couldn't have children, so she adopted two. Now she thinks she's got appendicitis. So she goes to the hospital, and they said, this is not appendicitis. This is called labor. Yep, and you're in it to win it. Hallelujah. So get ready. You know, the enemy would say, well, if you don't know it, you know, something bad. No. Everybody say no. Because God made a way for that woman to have a baby. She had a seven-pound baby girl. She's doing just fine. She's beautiful. And everybody's excited. And guess what? It was a suddenly. I get excited about that because God told me I'm going to do suddenlies, remember? Going to do suddenlies. He also said we're going to handle millions. Woo! Hallelujah. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. My husband just multiplied what that 600 would be in their money, and it was close to a million of whatever they've got. Hallelujah. I'll start there. Praise the Lord. A million of Ugandan money. God is marvelous. Amen? And he does wondrous works. 
Everybody say wondrous. But our expectation has to be in those wondrous works. Our expectation has to be, this is not changed. This word is current, manna. It is for today, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So these things that we want to see, God is about to do in the earth, but we have to participate. Everybody say participate. The good news is we are participating in it, even though we're not in it to win it maybe yet, because the Holy Ghost, everybody say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. That's what the Word of God said. I'm going to give you four scriptures, and I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. John 14, 26. See, God said to me, unction to function. I want you to preach on unction to function. And then he said, instruction to function. And then he said, destruction that stops function. So we're going to talk about those three things. Everybody say unction to function. Now the word unction simply means anointing to do what God has given you to do. If you are a parent here today, you are anointed to take care of your children. So don't give the job to somebody else. Don't say it's the school teacher. Don't say it's the nursery worker. It is your job, and you are anointed. Everybody say anointed. You have the unction to function as a parent. Now, you say, well, I haven't found it yet. Well, it's in there, and I want to show you who's going to instruct you. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you how many things? How many of you said, I just don't know what to do about this? Well, that's not true. God knows what to do about it. And so if he knows, you have the ability to know because of the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This is Jesus speaking. John 16, same thing. John 16, what is it, 30-something? Yeah, isn't it? 13, I'm sorry. This is what it says. However, when he, the spirit of truth, everybody say, and he'll tell you the truth. See, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't compromise the word of God. He will tell you the truth. So if you don't want to know, you better not ask. Because you will get truth. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Isn't that great? Everybody say, thank God. See, you may be sitting here today and say, I don't know what to do. Well, now you have revelation. God knows what to do, so just ask him, and the Holy Spirit that's in you will show you what to do. Just like the angel of the Lord that came to Manoah, that's the Spirit of God, and he's alive in you today. You are not lost. God has found you. And if you listen to that Spirit, you'll hear. Then it says in 1 John 2.20 and 1 John 2.27, I want to give you both of these scriptures. Now, John was the beloved disciple. Beloved disciple, and he wrote the book of John, of course, and First John, Second John, Third John, and he had a revelation that God wanted us to prosper, amen, in every arena. And, uh, and he even has the book of Revelation, so, you know, he, w- he knew the beginning from the end. He did have an understanding. It says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You're a know-it-all, not like the world. This isn't pride. But you know all things. The other scripture in there, it goes on, it says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you don't need that anyone teach you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't receive things that other people teach, but it should bear witness with your spirit. Like, oh, boy, I heard that. Thank you, Jesus. That's mine. And then it says, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning how many things? Have you got this yet? All things. And is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Listen, there is no defeat, no defeat in your life that can stop 
the unction to function that God has put in your life, whether it's in your job, in your family, doing things for God. I think sometimes when we go to church, we think it's just the people in the pulpit or, you know, the people who pray at the end of the service. No, that's why we say stretch out your hands and agree with us for praying for this person. Why? Because you have an unction to function from the Holy Spirit. You have the anointing of God. Well, if we live in that, then we get to see these these great things, these wondrous things, like uh, how many of you would like to be praying for somebody and the fire of God come right in the place? You know, we, we used to sing this song, and my granddaughter Rachel always says, can we sing fire, fire, fire in the house? How many of you remember that song? <laughs> Some of you are a lot newer, but fire, fire in the house. I'm telling you, there was fire that consumed that angel of the Lord went up in that fire. Why? Because fire does not bother God. It is the power of God to change things. And I believe at the end of this service, we are all going to be changed. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to look different after a while. That's really what the presence of God is all about. It should change us every time we come into his presence. Every time we come together, we should go out of here different than we came. Because we are going from glory to glory in him. As I was getting ready to do this, it says in Luke 4.18, Jesus says, the anointing of the Lord is upon me. Isn't that what he says? In Isaiah 61, he said, the anointing of the Lord is upon me. What he was saying was, as a man, I can do nothing but with the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. Things can be changed, and that's the same anointing that resides on the inside of you. Now, as I was looking at this story, I went back to uh, Judges. Can you go back there with me just for a minute? How many of you know the story of of, uh, Samson? You've probably heard Samson and Delilah. She wasn't the best thing that ever happened to him. But before her, in the very beginning, once God raised him up, he he had a problem with women. He did. Uh, Right off the bat, he got in trouble over a woman. And, uh, and it ended up in a big mess, and, and the wife he had ended up g- be given to another companion. And he just didn't have a, a good thing going with women. So we know there was a problem. Everybody say a problem. Now, I want to I just take a minute, and I want to try to help you understand this. I ask God, please help me to share with you what God shared with me. I've been reading through Judges, and I heard, or I read in the Word, and in my heart I heard, it says the Canaanites were put to forced labor. Everybody say forced labor. You know, and and God began to speak to me. That's what believers do. They get in the promised land. They get Jesus. But then things in their life that aren't quite right, they kind of put it to what he called forced labor. In other words, when they're working for me, I let them work. But when they're not working for me, I want them gone. Now, let me just show you how this is because it was like this in my life. Rejection, the spirit of rejection had a huge hold on my life as a young person. But it worked for me. I had three kids. And whenever I would feel bad about myself, then somebody would come and say, you poor thing. Well, see, I, I, got, I, got, atten- I got help. But it wasn't good help. I mean, it worked all right, but it was fleshy help. But, but, but it worked for me. I mean, if I just wanted to break down and have a pity party, you know, my whole family ran to me. And then, you know what, that's called patronizing. You poor baby, let me help you. Well, there's no help in that. That is destruction. Now, I've gone to preaching, so listen up, hallelujah, because this is truth. People who are in fear, you know, then if you get real fearful, you don't know you're doing it at the time, but the enemy is staying in your life in this arena like forced labor, like the Canaanites. And and it's like um, when you get in fear, see, then it's like 
you better help me because I don't know what to do. And what happens? Man jumps to the opportunity, but it just keeps you in connection with man, not God. What's the Bible say? Perfect love cast out. That's why when God helped me and got me out of that. But you know what? People don't take care of you anymore. But the good news is God takes care of you. That's why it says in 1 Peter 5, humble yourself. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What does that mean? He fixes everything. How many of you are into getting everything fixed? See, it's not man. And and God began to say this to me. I want you to preach this on Sunday, and I am going to set people free from forced labor. Are Are you in? First service got in, I'm telling you, God did it. Now, you know, when God does things, it, he does them differently all the time. Sometimes he lays hand, has us lay hands on people. Sometimes he does it other ways. Today, we're going to praise him. Everybody say praise him. Because he said to me, oh, that men would praise my name. What happens? He will do wonderful works. Are you ready for some wonderful works? You know, I said, God, whatever's in me, just get it out. I mean, I've been having a get-out service ever since, I don't know, last week when I first started getting all this because I never saw that. That didn't make any sense. I mean, I never had that idea. But it was like it's forced labor. You know, when that gets in you, you don't even know it's there, and you begin to play with that thing, that's the devil. Like spirits attract. And, you know, I had this happen the other day. I was, everybody say rebellion. You know, if you have a little bit of rebellion in you, you know how you're going to know? Now, don't get mad at me, okay? Because this is truth. When you have a little bit of rebellion, when somebody says something to you you don't want to do, you'll feel it. That's rebellion. It's coming for you because you got it. Get rid of it. I feel it sometimes when I'm ministering to people. And I'll say something and they get a little feisty with me and I want to say, well, shut your mouth. You came in here to ask me, so receive or go home. Hallelujah. I was busy when you came. That's rebellion. God showed me. You can't act like that. Because you're playing with a spirit. And it's going to take you out. And you have no authority. If it doesn't take you out, that person's still going to be in it when they leave because you've played ball. I'm way off my sermon. I don't know how I got over here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I know it's true. And I want people to be free. Because if we're not free, who can you get free? If you play ball with demons, they will play ball with you. And they will keep you busy all day and make you sick. And they will devour you. That's what it says in 1 Peter 5. Humble yourself. Cast all your care on your neighbor? No. On the pastor? No. Pastor John doesn't want all that care, I'm telling you. Because I was a pastor once. We can't do it. But if you cast your care on the Lord, he will take care of you and he will deliver you. He will set you free. And it will be instant. It won't be performed for me because performance is another one. See, people who perform are full. God told me this was about me. Vanity. Oh, I hated when he told me that. I told you, don't ask him. He'll tell you the truth. And so pride is, is vanity. Vanity is pride. Pride and inferiority, insecurity, they cause people to perform. And then they're always performing. And then when God says, act the fool, you say, oh, I can't do that. Got to keep things under control here. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost gets out of control. Out of man's control. It gets you into God's arena and things happen. Samson lost it over those women. He had something on the inside of him that he would not get rid of. And so, you know, it says he ruled 20 years. I don't know when when the first one happened. I don't know the timing, but somewhere the first one happened, and then at a very critical time, he met Delilah. 
And she was beautiful. But you know what she was for? Destruction. Because look at the end of the story. It, I mean, that woman, I don't know why that man listened to her. Because several times she said, tell me, honey, what, what will destroy you? And so he told her these things. He made them up. That is pride, insolence. I mean, this is God's hair he's wearing. This hair that he's got causes him to be strong. It's the anointing. And he's playing with it. This will make me. Finally, she goes, this line, you've heard it before, women and men. If you really loved me. I'll just stop right there. You all know what I'm talking about. If you really love me. That's what she said to him. And, of course, he had to say, well, I do. So he said, if you cut my hair, cut his hair right off. And then she said, Philistines, come and get him. And the Philistines came. And in 16, he says, the Philistines were upon Samson. So he awoke, Samson, he woke out of his sleep and said, I'll go out just like I always did. At the other times, I'll shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Mm. Those things will get you. What was forced labor now has got you. And it will not let go till it destroys you. Long story short, this says they gouged out his eyes. His hair's gone. He has no power. They put him to forced labor, got grinding stuff. He just walked around and around. But one day they decided, hey, he's, he's getting stronger. His hair started to grow. You're going to grow hair today, folks. Hallelujah. That's, I mean, honestly, I didn't make this message up. God wants to set you free today. I mean, I couldn't even think all this up if I tried. But, but he wants to set you free. His hair started to grow. What happened? The anointing started coming back on him. And so they called him in. They called him. They brought him into the temple. And they said, listen, make a show for us. Show us your strength. And he did some things. But he said to his guards, hey, lean me against those pillars. Could you just lean me up against those pillars? You know, I just need to rest against those pillars. But he had something in mind. He was about to take out the enemies. The forced labor in a person's life can be taken out. But you got to push. God said to me, if you at the end of this service will tell them to push in praise, I'll get it out. I'll knock it down. I'll take it out. You say, well, that's pretty easy. Well, that's the word of God in Psalm 149. Powers and principalities are taken down through worship. And all you get to do is rejoice in how big God is and how big God has made you to be and what you're going to be. Worship team, would you come up here? And so right now in this place, I want you to let your faith arise because this is a message to set you free so that the anointing of God can operate in your, God, in your life fully. How many of you want it to operate fully? And this is my prayer today for all of us. It says, and it's in Judges 16, the end of the story says they stationed him between the pillars and, and Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. Everybody say all the enemies. For us today, it's the enemy. You know, you're going to push. You're going to push in praise. This song says, I believe the presence of God is here. That's the only thing that can deliver. And Samson, Samson knew it, and he called out to God, it says, saying, Oh, Lord, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once. Oh, God, that I may, be the, take, I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. How, how many of you got your eyes gouged out? Some of you have. And God has stolen from you, stolen from you.
And God is going to restore the years. He's going to restore your life today. This is not me speaking. It is God. He loves you so much. But you got to say to that forced labor, I don't want you anymore. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to be that because you hold me in bondage. And I want to be what God called me to be. More than I want to be a person who gets what they want from man. I want what God has. Please hear me today. It's the Holy Spirit of God pleading for the church. Because we are needed in the hour that we're living in. Our children need us. Our families need us. The world needs the people of God. The world needs people who are not thinking about themselves. But thinking about, I have hair for a purpose. I have the Holy Ghost for a purpose. And this is my purpose. Oh, God, just now, right in this place, loose me. Would you bow your head? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.